are live in three, two, one. Cool. All right, well, welcome back to the Best Day Kitchen and this series. Today, we're going to be looking at step three um, of just how to sweeten the bitter things in our life and how to make this incredible cake. But before we get there, I need two volunteers. So who wants to? Okay, Joel, you can come up and I need somebody else. Come on, bud. Let's go. All right. Cool. Come on. Cool, cool, cool. Got to get your apron to get in the kitchen. So for those of you who are uh, just tuning in, you can catch um, episode one and episode two online at bestdaykitchen.com. Dot org, or you can uh, look on Facebook, and it'll give you a link for that as well. You guys about ready? All right, cool. Introduce yourself to the studio audience. I'm Jules. Hi. You're who? Jules? Jules. Oh, all right, good. And then, wait, we're missing a volunteer. Come on, bud. All right. No, she, Katie can't come, too. She didn't raise her hand. All right, good. All right, good. All right, introduce yourself to the audience. Oh, my name's Keelan. He's Keelan. My name is Keelan. Okay, uh, maybe we should go in descending order of heights up here. All right, good. All right, good. So, listen, um, we'll see if you guys can pass a quick test, a little review. You, you can't read off that. That's cheating. The teleprompter, he's like, I got it, I got it. Okay, so in episode one, we talked about God giving us some key ingredients to making a better life, a better bitter-free life. Do you know what they were? Oh, oh, they were, studio audience, you want to help them? They were what? Grace and peace, coming from a healthy relationship with God. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, and so in episode two, we talked about the idea that when you have these ingredients from God, that there's certain methods or ways you have to make them, just like you have to do certain methods to bake a cake, right? And those methods were, do you guys remember them? Oh, no, you should. You watch online, be kind, love, and forgive. Okay, and instead of using them as adjectives, we phrase them as verbs, right? Be kind, love, and forgive. And the reason is, they're actually methods, right? I mean, love's a thing, but when, when Paul's teaching Philemon, when we're looking at the Bible, what it says is, actually, be kind, love, and forgive. And those are all actions. So we take the three ingredients, we mix them up with the actions, and we're headed towards a better Bitter free life. All right, this is the third and final question before we start cooking. You ready? Okay, we'll go to you first. You ready? Okay, tell us who's Philemon. He's a Bible character. Ah, he is a Bible character. And he's the guy that, like, just toss it out there. All right, and he's a Bible character, and he is the guy to whom Paul is writing, right? So Paul's this incredible teacher. He's writing to Philemon. Do you remember why? No. Do you remember why? No. Because, right, his servant ran away? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, tell me. So his servant ran away. His servant's name was Onesimus. Mm-hmm. And he ran away. And he ran away. And he ran away. And, and he met Paul. He, oh. Paul, good. Ted, you got that all by yourself. So he met Paul. Paul led him to the Lord. He became a Christian. And all of a sudden, this guy who had abandoned Philemon, all of a sudden, the guy who abandoned Philemon was like, now he's saved. And Paul's like, okay, so you got to go Back. And that's what this entire letter from Paul to Philemon, it's called the book of the Bible, it's called Philemon, is all about where Paul is kind of instructing Philemon how to not get bitter, right? Because he's been done wrong, and now the guy who did him wrong is coming back. And that's going to be super important. I'm 
today. Okay? <laughs> you're okay. Are you guys both here? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm going to give you a bottle of water because you're going to need it. And I'm going to give you a bottle of water because you're going to need it. You, you can open that. Yeah, there you go. All right, good. Okay. So you guys didn't get a chance in week one to taste the ingredients. And there were some good ingredients and some bad ingredients. But today, today's episode is all about what? Daring to use bitter ingredients. Okay? Just daring to use bitter ingredients. So we thought we would go back just to make sure everybody understood how absolutely wonderful these bitter ingredients are and give you guys an opportunity to taste them and then to tell the crowd exactly what you think of them. Okay? So this is baking powder. Ready? Get yourself a little spoonful there. Here's this. You need me to do this for you? You're just going to stand here and look at me, aren't you? At what point does he make me eat it instead of him? There you go. All right. You got cocoa, Keelan, go. Tell us. I'm going to put this oh, trash can. Uh, did you already go? No. Oh, get it ready, though. Mike, get on in there. Get on. The whole thing. Go on. There you go. There you go. All right, good. So I'm thinking that Keelan thinks that straight cocoa, that stuff that we make chocolate with that we think, yeah, just go ahead. It's right. He's a football player. He's like, we're done. All right, good. All right, so uh, cocoa, as we found out before, does not win this battle at all. You ready? Um, Sure. Okay. We better get this over here, brother. Nope. Okay. And so baking soda, watch, it's going to froth in your mouth. Good? Okay, good. All right, good. All right, so um, let's see. How about flour? Dude, you st- mm-hmm. he's still, just a little bit? Come on. Well, you're vol- okay, you'll, oh, she's showing you up. All right, that means you have to try vanilla. It's better than flour. All right, good. Flour. There you go, man. All these are key ingredients, right, in this incredible chocolate cake? It's your shirt. Okay. This seems to be a repeat of episode one where everything just gets. Oh, look at that. That's just bad. All right. So the weird part it. Is... Do you need water, sweetie? No, I'm good. I just. I'm good. <laughs> How many of you will think she looks good? I mean, she's pretty, but she doesn't look like it's all good. No? What do you think of that? Vanilla. Some alcohol or something. Some old woman's at home chugging these. You know that, right? Okay. Good, good, good. All right. So how would you... Okay, all these ingredients go into this chocolate cake, right? And uh, they're pretty disgusting. You want to vote disgusting? Disgusting. Okay. How would you like to uh, try a piece of what happens when you put them all together? Do you want to try this? Do you trust me, Keelan? No, (laughs) I wouldn't trust me either. So let's do this, fresh out of our oven, and let's do this. Let's go ahead and, oh, that's why we have aprons. All right, good. How big a piece you want? Take a drink of water, brother. Just wash it all down. How big a piece do you want? Not very big. Not very big? All right, let's see. I'm on a diet. It's a bad day to be in a date. So yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Watch the blade. There you go. You're good. You want? I want the same piece of her. That's it? You don't like cake? 
You don't trust me. Don't trust me. Ted, tell him. You don't trust me? It's an awesome, isn't it? This is Heidi's Mexican chocolate cake. This is what happens when you take these bitter ingredients, you mix them up right with a few other things. Entirely, okay, I know you don't trust me, but here, try this and then you'll want more. Go ahead. That's good, isn't it? That's probably the best chocolate cake ever, isn't it? All right, so isn't it weird that from that garbage, you can get this? And it's all about what? It's about having the right ingredients, the right method, and the right science behind it all. Cool? All right, let's give our volunteers a big round of applause. Thank you guys for helping out. Super, super glad. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can just go any way you want. Right there is fine. You're good. All right, so um, today, as we kind of move on in episode three, what I want to do and what I want us to do is to take a look at how we take these bitter ingredients in life and turn them into something like this, something incredible. So, so one of the things that a lot of people think is this, like, and I, do you guys ever think about like this? Like, I mean, we get where we got flour, right? Some guy was out in a field and he ran into some wheat and he was hungry, so he's Then he realized he could grind it up and he could make stuff. That one's pretty logical. But whoever came up with this, baking soda, which is baking powder with some acid added to it. And what numbskull ever decided to taste this or to try to figure out what to mix this with to get something incredible? And if the first thing that you ever did, the time that you chased it, tasted what makes chocolate was cocoa, would you have ever learned like, well, I think I'll mix it with this. And then I'll add some of this. And I'm gonna get something special. So I don't know who the people are, but I'm really thankful to them. Whoever those chefs are, whoever those scientists are, who began to experiment, right, and put these things together to get this incredible chocolate cake that we have. Actually, super thankful to him because I love eating. But when it comes to our lives, the question is, like, do you really want to experiment? Like, do you want to just take a try, take a try, take a shot? And so you should be saying, kind of what I'm saying, like, Doug, that's kind of crazy. Like, I don't want to experiment with my life because I can't just, you know, you just throw a bad cake away, start again throw a bad experiment away, but I, I can't throw my life away. And so I agree with you. I don't want to experiment with my life either. I don't want to be one of those people who's just, you know, just throwing caution in the wind and trying everything. And my life's too valuable for that. But there's an opposing truth to that, which is an absolute truth, which is just like if I was stranded in an island with just these ingredients, I could either try to figure out how to use them to make something edible, or I could starve to death. And so the same thing goes for you. You may want, not want to experiment in your life trying to figure out how to get a better, better for your life, but whether you choose to do the experiment, whether you choose to learn or not, those bitter experiences are still gonna be there. Those moments that challenging cause us, so they're there. The bitter ingredients for a bitter life are just there. They're part of our existence. So there's a point where we're just gonna have to look at them and see, is there a way to take all this and end up with a better life? Is there a way to take this and end up with a sweeter life? So we continue to look at Paul's letter to Philemon, right? Who's been wronged, who can be bitter, who has this great challenge before him as his servant comes back to, to make peace, who ran away from him. And Paul's letter to Philemon is like, dude, turn something good out of this. But why don't we just read this part, the next part of what Paul writes to Philemon. Here's what he says. 
This is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it's the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer to simply ask you. Consider this as a request for me. Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. That means he led Onesimus to Christ. So Onesimus, who's just wrong, now is a believer. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he's very useful to both of us. And I'm sending him back. I'm sending him back to you. And with him comes my own heart. So I don't know if you hear Paul urging Philemon, but he's telling him two things, right? One, he's saying, just listen to my teaching. Listen to God's teaching. Listen to teaching. Philemon, be open to instruction from some people who know the truth. And in a way, he's kind of saying to Philemon, you know the truth as well. But be open, be open, be open to the teaching from God and from me on this matter of bitterness. And the other thing he's telling is this. You have to do this right. You need to follow the rules in God's kitchen for dealing with situations like this in your life. And so the question is, what is the chef's recommendation? What is the chef's recommendation? Paul leans in, and what's he say? Listen to me, right? Listen to me. And it almost has that urge, and if you, as you look at the whole passage, he's, listen to me, I know what I'm talking about. But he doesn't do what a lot of us do, like, I'm your leader, do what I say. What's he say? And I think it's really important. Because he begins to treat Philemon, as he says in the opening, as a fellow worker. He, he led him to Christ. They raised him up in the church. But, but now Paul, even though he's this genius Christian, says why? He's my fellow worker, and he treats him with respect. He says, I could tell you to do this, but I'm going to ask you as my fellow worker. I'm going to ask you to do this. And Paul's smart. Because I'll tell you this. When I willingly choose to go on a journey of learning, I'm much more open to being taught. And so what he's saying is this, I can tell you to do it, but I'm asking you to just do this. Do what? Be open. As Onesimus comes back, I want you to be open. Have you ever looked at the people who just have tons of crap and garbage and just terrible things happen in and around them in their lives, and they just seem to conquer it? And you look at it and you go, how in the world did they get there? You ever feel that way? Like, I want to be them. Like, I want to be that free. Well, Paul knows the truth, and I'm going to tell you the truth. You know how you get there? By practice. So we're back to kind of where we started this, which is you can say, I don't want to experiment with my life, but you're going to have bitter things. You're going to have challenging things. You're going to have abandonments, deceits, deceptions, lies. You're going to have things that are done to you and around you that make you want to be bitter. And they're going to be there. So either you figure out how to mix those things up into something tasty for life, or else you're going to end up just bitter yourself. So the people who've mastered this are the people who've practiced that. And you can hear Paul just saying to Philemon, 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 just go on this journey willingly, right? Be open to being taught. Fix this. Deal with this. Do this. Don't become bitter. And the interesting part is he says this. There's this verse right here. It says this. Consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man, listen, an old man, and now 
a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying this, you hear that? Like, I have the right to say this to you. You are free, I am not. I am in jail for my faith. I have been oppressed, I have been beaten, I have been shipwrecked, I have been put in jail. I understand what it means to want to be better. I understand what it means to have the possibility to become better. I get it. I know, I've been there. I've got the t-shirt, and what's he say? Listen, let me help you, listen to me. But interesting, that's not really just all, because actually Paul has lived both sides of the equation. Paul has lived the side of being the one who causes bitterness too. Before Paul became a Christian, Paul was bitter against Christians. He was threatened by them. He was threatened by this Jesus who said he was the king of the world. This Jesus who said, I came to set you free. This Jesus who just shook up Paul's entire understanding of following God. And so he was bitter against them. In fact, not only was he bitter against Christ and bitter against Christians, he went out to kill them. Nobody trusted him. So not only does Paul understand what it means to suffer for Christ, Paul also understands what bitterness can do. What bitterness can do and how destructive it can be. But then there's even a third nuance to this. Because there's this time where after Paul is a Christian and he's fixed his bitterness towards Christians, he's going out on the road to do some evangelism, to tell people, tell the world about Christ. And he and Barnabas, his little buddy, his, his right hand, they're going to go out and they're going to tell the world about Christ. And so the church gets together and they decide to send this guy named Mark. And Paul's like, no way. If Mark's going, I'm not going. But then that sounds childish. But it's exactly what happened because on a previous mission trip, Mark had gotten homesick and bailed out. And so Paul was, what? Sounds a little bitter to me. Like, I'm not gonna go with him. In fact, he's got such a problem with this that Barnabas takes Mark and Paul goes out on his own. I mean, it's a terrible thing. But there's this beautiful thing that happens years later. We read about it in 2 Timothy 4. And it says this. Only Luke is with me. This is Paul writing. Bring Mark with you when you come. He will be helpful to me in ministry. Do you see what's happening? All of a sudden, somewhere along the way, Paul's figured out how to deal with his bitterness. And now he's reconciled with Mark. So here's a beautiful picture as Paul writes to Philemon from all fronts. He's like, I've been oppressed. I've been beaten. I've been persecuted. I'm in jail. I have the t-shirt, the coffee cup. I can say this. I understand where you're at. I see you. Then he also gets it from the perspective of the person who's been bitter against Christ, killed people for it. And then even after being a Christian, he's experienced bitterness in this whole thing with Mark. And what's he say? I appeal to you. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. He was of no use, but now he is of use. All right. So what I want to tell you is this. There is a will of God for us in the kitchen of life. Along this pursuing a better, bitter-free life, the next step, step three, is to pursue reconciliation. You see, the will of God for everybody is that we be reconciled to him, right? 
There's four steps to that, right? Salvation, forgiveness, return, and then usefulness. That's what God wants for everybody on the planet. It's what he wanted for Adam and Eve. It's what he wanted for Paul. It's what he wants for you and me. He wants what? He wants, us, he wants to rescue us from ourselves, to rescue us from our bitterness, to rescue us from our loneliness, to rescue us and give us a better life. That's salvation. And he wants to forgive us. He wants you to just let it go. You owe me nothing is what he says. And that's all with the hope that we would return to him, like the prodigal son, come back. And then we would be what? Useful. God doesn't look at any of us as handicapped. He doesn't look at any of us as unable. It doesn't matter to him. All his creation is useful to bring glory to him. All of his creation is useful to reconcile the world. All of his creation is useful, all of them. God's plan is reconciliation. And I think the thing that we would need to accept in the kitchen of God and the kitchen of life is that if we are not open to reconciliation, we are not cooking God's way. We are not following the master chef. When it comes to this whole thing of getting a better, bitter-free life, a better, bitter-free existence, about healing the world and healing yourself and finding freedom from bitterness and even protecting yourself from bitterness in the future, the ability and the desire and the need to extend reconciliation cannot be understated. It seems inconsistent. It seems dangerous. Why would I be willing to reconcile with somebody who's still my enemy? Well, because if they ever become not your enemy, you should be there waiting for them. Why? Because isn't that what Christ did for us? Before, while we still were sinners, while we still accepted him, he extended the offer of reconciliation. He moved on with his ministry. He moved on with what he's doing in the world. He left that choice up to us. But the moment that I say, I believe in you, I wanna be forgiven, I wanna be saved, I wanna be useful, I want a better life, he is standing there waiting to what? Reconcile. To reconcile us to him. So, if I'm gonna allow God to make the intolerable incredible in my life, if I'm gonna see him take just bitter craziness and use it for better in my life, then reconciliation is gonna be the rule. And I think maybe it's best to just hear Jesus' words on this because they're powerful. You ready? Love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as children of your Father in heaven. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. But you are to be perfect. The image of God, perfect. In all that love that he's piled in you, perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So how do I, like, how do I work this out this week? Like, you know, how do I get this week down pat? This is the third step. Extend reconciliation. How in the world do I be ready to reconcile? Well, here's four choices we can make for a better, bitter, free life. You ready? Number one is just know that bitter things are gonna come. It's just gonna happen. We live in a fallen and corrupted world until we're in heaven. There's gonna be people who are wrong. In fact, we're gonna be wrong. We're probably gonna get things wrong. We may even cause some of the bitterness. But bitter things will come, and they will come to our existence. The second thing I do is this. Regardless of whether they're lovely or not, love because you've been loved. 
You've been given unconditional love from God and it has healed you. Love them in that same way. Now, you may need to put boundaries. There may not be hugs and kisses or even geographical closeness because sometimes the things that could be bitter for us are dangerous and we need to stay clear of them until they resolve. But you can still love from afar. You can hope for the best. You can love with that unconditional love that says, I long for you. Not I'm addicted to you, not I need your approval. You may need to move on just like Jesus with your ministry and life, but you can love because you've been loved. You know how to do that. Forgive because you've been forgiven. Well, how do you forgive somebody who won't ask? Go ask Jesus that. Because he said, I forgave you long before you asked for it. What did he do? He said these simple words. You owe me nothing. The day you come home, you owe me nothing. So we say that. We look at these folks and we say, what? Bitter things are gonna come. I'm gonna love because I've been loved. I'm gonna love because I'm loved. And I'm gonna what? Forgive because I'm forgiven. So I'm gonna forgive ahead of time. I'm not gonna wait for you to get there. All that's gonna do is breed bitterness. I'm just gonna decide today I'm done with this. And I'm okay. And if you ever come back, the forgiveness is already there. You say, I forgive me. You forgive me. I'm going to say, did already. Let's go to lunch. There comes in reconciliation. Step four, be ready to reconcile. You may never get the opportunity, but be ready. Be bitter, free, and be ready. When we embrace these kind of attitudes, what happens is our entire world begins to change because I'm no longer focused on this stuff I'm focused on what could be. And whether or not they join me in what could be, I get to go to could be. And God can take these bitter free things and and I practice and I practice and I learn and I learn. So I just wanna pause for just a second and I wanna share with you a real time bitter thing. You know, um, we've been traveling the road sharing about discipleship with people. And um, what God showed us is clearly counterintuitive. (laughs) Like it just is. Everything out there of the way that people want to, all the big wigs, all the big Christian names who want to make disciples have these definitions and crazy methods and, and, and they are the accepted norm. And just kind of like our church, we're operating outside that norm. And uh, as one of the leaders said to me, you, you know why we push back so hard? I said, no, why? He said, because you're threatening. I said, me? I'm five foot four. How could I threaten you? You're huge. And he kind of chuckled. He said, it's not that. It's that you guys claim to see 90% of the people who go through discipleship stick it. And the rest of us are operating at 20%. Is if you're right. He goes, that's why we push back on you. And pushback they do. We can't get on the stages. People are picking on us about our marketing. People, it's crazy, some of the stuff that happens. And it's really funny because like the whole way up to this latest conference, I was just torn up inside waiting for the next thing. I mean, silly things like your booth is crooked. I mean, crazy kind of oppression. And when they said something to Faye in a hallway about she couldn't stand in the middle of the hallway because she had a Waldo shirt on, I gotta be honest, I wanna tell you, I wanted to punch somebody in the throat. Because I was bitter. Graham Weeble, if you don't know Graham, one of our church members and a wonderful friend, 
Graham's an odd bird, like the rest of us here. If you're online, this is the church of misfit toys and a kitchen that's good for him. Graham walked up to me in his dress pants, his Waldo shirt, his hair kind of muffled up, his dress shoes and his white socks, and he said to me, you know, it's not your responsibility to fix them. I said, Graham? He said, no, seriously. And all that flashed in my mind was this message. Hey, Doug, know that better things are gonna come. Love because you've been loved. Forgive because you've been forgiven. And be ready to reconcile whether they are or not. I mean, this guy has created trouble for us for a couple years. He's a leader. But you know something? Graham was right. And it was humbling to sit there. But I rode home not twisted. I'm good. It's funny how when we start to lean in and teach things that we think God needs us to teach for ourselves and for you and for them out there, he has a way of using them up. I've been asking my friends, have you noticed like God bringing up little bitter things in your life and challenges in your life for you to face? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, this message series, maybe we shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I'm determined to cook up a better life. I'm, I'm determined to, to live bitter free. I didn't even realize I really was bitter. I thought I was just angry. You guys might be living in that same delusion. I just want to be free. Can you imagine what the world could be like if we all embrace this and we're ready to reconcile? Does that mean like, there's just people you don't need to be around? There's, there's things that happen. There are boundaries. We're going to talk about that later. But, but I'm just saying, what if just in our hearts we already reconcile? We're just hopeful that maybe one day they might. And if they didn't, we're okay because we've forgiven and we're moving on. You begin to see how those three ingredients, grace, and peace and a healthy relationship with God can be combined with those methods, be kind, love, and forgive to get me ready to be ready to reconcile. This is an important step. And I can't even imagine what the world would be like. I think as a church, we do this internally pretty well. But I've got some room for improvement when it comes to others. What if the whole world, what if all the Christians got on board with this? You know, in episode one, we, we, we learned this idea that we're gonna trust God to use bitter for better. We're gonna trust God to use bitter for better. And two, we said, be kind, love, and forgive. And today we say, what? Be ready to reconcile. Be like God. So when I, I want you to ask yourself, because I, I ask myself this. Like, am I ready to reconcile? I don't know how many of you guys want to join me in a better, um, better free life. But if you do, I've got a really special opportunity for this morning. While I take a few minutes and chat with you and cut up this cake, you guys were all given a blank white card when you came in this morning. What I want you to do is take the pen that they gave you and the blank white card, and I want you just to write down one, just one. Just really think about it. I want you to write down one bitter experience, one bitter moment, one bitter person, one bitter thing, maybe that's still running around in there. Somewhere if it showed up, you'd want to punch it in the throat. 
Something that makes make you cry. Maybe it's something done to you as a kid. Whatever it is, to just do that, to, to just take that moment. And then I want you to join me. I want you to come and take and swap that bitter name, that bitter thing, just in a moment of commitment, kind of like communion, and take that and swap it for a piece of this incredible cake. I'm going to put a bowl on the counter that you can drop it in, and then I'm going to cut you a piece of cake. And when you taste how incredible Heidi's chocolate cake is, even without frosting, I want you to dream of where you're going to be at the end of these seven weeks by simply letting go. So take a minute and write on your card. When you're ready, there's cake. Huh? God bless you. Go the other way. Just go off the edge. Go that way. Go that way. God bless you. My hope for you is that you stay bitter free. God bless you. If we had milk, we'd be doing this as chocolate cake communion. Bless you. Leave it behind, brother. Yes. Find freedom. I love you. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go, right. That's right, Nathan. Let it go. All right. A big <laughs> amen from you, brother. Amen. Find fr- freedom. Amen. Bless you, Becky. Love you, John. Go for it. Live free. Love you. Find freedom. Okay. You're good. I can't either. I'm diabetic. <laughs> All right, there you go, Mom. <laughs> Look at you. You can't. If you can't be bitter free with a piece of cake that size, never. Yeah. Well, you'll see. I'll see. I'm not going to read your card. Bitterness is gone. Good. Yay. There you go. There you go. You want a big piece? You, oh, here you go. Bless you. The bitter free. Bless you, Andrew. You know, it's funny. It's funny. Turn around and face that way. See that camera? It's, it's, it's funny because mom here says, uh, it's, I had to struggle with that. Can I tell you something? Even if right now you aren't struggling with bitterness, you want to stay solid and protected from future bitterness. We're going to be talking about that next week. 
But I just want to tell you, it's okay. I'm glad to hear you're struggling to find something to put on the paper. Better free still. Just stay that way. Amen. Hey, Dean. That, oh, come on, small, small, half of that. Thank you. <laughs> Anybody else? All right. So how about we say a prayer together? Father, we really, really, really want to live like you. I know your heart breaks over people's sin and it breaks over the sin in the world and all the wrong stuff, but at the same time, you're a God of rejoicing and you know the end. And I know it's got to hurt you as you hope for people to get their stuff together. And Father, maybe we should stop real quick before we pray for bitter, free existence for ourselves. Maybe we should pray, God, as a family real quick and ask you to forgive us because I know I have, and I'm certain most people have in this room, been like Paul, the ones who actually caused the bitterness. So I just repent, Father. I recognize I'm wrong. Anybody want to join me with an amen? Amen. Father, we um, just commit ourselves to not creating bitterness. And then taking the next step, God, we ask you to, to take those things in our lives that are bitter, or maybe we're bitter free to protect us from future bitterness. Set us free. Set us free. Watch over us. Come on, man. You're good. It is never too late. There you go. Protect us from bitterness. And, um, you know, we're only on step three of seven. Help us work through this stuff. Let us know we can take our time. Everything doesn't have to be a 20-minute message on a Sunday morning. And thank you, God, for a safe place, a sanctuary, a home where we can grow and work through these things. Thanks. Amen. You may need to talk to somebody a little bit more. We have some folks around here. There'll be a couple up here in the living room and, and out in the yard that have on shirts that say here to help. They're here to help with everything from can, where do I find water in a bathroom. But throughout this series, they're actually been specifically trained and prepared to talk to you about bitterness and the next steps, the steps we've already taken. Um, you might be in one of those situations um, like I was where even as a child, um, some things happened to you that you need to work through with a counselor. I wanna just encourage you to be bold enough, to be bold enough to know that um, you're not alone, number one. And number two, sometimes we need a professional. We have a partnership with an incredible counseling firm we'd love, we're just glad to hook you up with. Um, and if you don't have the money, I'll pay for it. I don't care. I want freedom. And sometimes we need a little help working through bitterness. So if you just need to talk to somebody a little more, or maybe you're hearing about this relationship with God thing, even if you're online, man, call us up, send us an email. If you're here today, feel free to talk to anybody who has a Here to Help shirt. And if they don't feel prepared, they'll get you with one of our older Here to Help shirts or more seasoned Paul bitterproof people. I hope that you'll join us um, next week. Next week, we're gonna dare to use the secret ingredient, the thing you don't know yet, and it's gonna blow your mind, and it's totally scientific. So we're gonna look at the secret ingredient to making this incredible. This is good, wasn't it? Cake. And um, so we're gonna look at that secret ingredient, so I hope that you'll be here, and I just look forward to doing that. If you wanna share this episode with you, it'll be streaming on Tuesday by Tuesday night on uh, the best day ever 
um, .org, bestdaykitchen.org.